And welcome back to CCL's podcast, Lead With That, where we talk current events and pop culture to look at where leadership is happening and what's happening with leadership. Allison, it's almost here. Well, sort of, but if you squint, you can just barely see people putting on their VR glasses, talking to Alexa and Cortana about a coffee mug they just saw, or directions to their favorite new barista they found on Yelp. And if you listen closely, you can even hear the screams of dismay and horror from people worried about this new meta world order, people who desperately miss the Dewey Decimal System. But here at the podcast, we just want to talk about the practical implications of a company changing its name and its mission, but not just any company, one that has only ever been known by one name, a name that changed the way the internet was used and the way people connected with one another. By now, listener, you may be guessed that we're here to talk about Meta, the artist formerly known as Facebook, and looking at the shift in the name and the meaning of Facebook, especially from a leadership perspective. We're really curious about the lessons we can learn from Mark Zuckerberg, from Meta, and how that all applies to any shift in brand or behavior. So welcome back, everyone. I'm Ren Washington, and as usual, I'm joined with Allison Barr. And Allison, I gotta know. What are three words that come to mind when I say Facebook? Immediately, the first three words that come to mind are, I'm locked out. I've been locked out of my Facebook account for about a year now. But if you want me to keep this relevant to our podcast, I would say the first three words that come to mind when you say Facebook are ahead of trends. Ahead of trends. Yes. Okay. So uh, like many good CCLer, you've you've taken six words, but I'll allow it. I had part, part uh, one. What do you mean you're two. locked out? Part one and part two. Part one and part two. What do you mean you're locked out? You can't get back in? You can't in? get back in. And it's a whole, it's a whole, it's a perfect storm of it was used, used to be connected to my phone in, when I lived in London. And then it's, it's a boring story that doesn't matter. But there's, I've tried every trick you could think of from all of my tech friends to okay, get back well, I, in. I and think it's a lost cause. We shouldn't revisit that because there's some implications of that with meta and the metaverse. But to stay on focus, so what were the, the last three words, the second three words, part two that you said? Part two, ahead of trends. Ahead of trends. And what an interesting frame as we look at meta. It's still weird for me to say. It's, it's, but, but this new organization that we were introduced to, that Facebook was just is just a part of. And so ahead of trends, how does that, those three words map to what you've learned and heard about meta? Well, I actually want to back up to Facebook as its original concept when it was introduced to the public before it is what it is now. People did not believe that it could be such a successful mm. platform. They didn't see it working. People knocked it and now it has over a billion users. And as you can see, you know, Zuckerberg's financial success came came with that. And so metaverse What's interesting about metaverse is that it's in some ways being introduced in the same way. Nobody even knows what it is, right? Like it is not a product yet. It's a rebrand, but people don't necessarily know exactly what it is. And uh, there are some people who will say that it's not gonna go anywhere. However, I question that because of Zuckerberg's success with Facebook itself. No one thought that was gonna go anywhere either. 
Yeah. And he is committed. You know, I was reading about it and some would say that Meta is just the outward appearance of something that's already been happening behind Facebook doors for many years. I mean, this year alone, something like $10 billion has been committed to Meta and the Metaverse. And so it, it raises some interesting conversations for us, I think, as we look at what it means to change and transform. Uh, how you can be a, la- a leader to embrace change and transformation or or break down silos to uh, build some kind of new innovation. And all of that sounds really interesting and sounds good, but there's a lot more to explore. I think many more complexities as we think about the implications of what Facebook was and what meta promises to be. Yeah. And I think when I reflect on the difference, well, I'm sure there's many, but one difference between metaverse and Facebook is that from what I understand, metaverse is intended to be a place where people can connect very similar to what Zuckerberg has always said about Facebook's intentions. However, this is essentially going to be virtual reality and virtual reality also isn't necessarily new. I mean, you've alluded to that already, but gamers have been doing that for years. And why hasn't that caught on, right? So is it going to have the same traction as Facebook? Are people going to be ready and excited to enter into a realm of virtual reality even at the workplace, he's alluded to this translating to the workplace, like virtual meetings mm-hmm. in which I can have an avatar and, you know, have a creation space with you where we never have to set a foot in the office again. Are people ready for that? Is it going to have the same traction? It feels almost dystopian to me. Or utopian for or some. Utopian, have you ever yes. have you ever heard of the the book or seen the movie Ready Player One? No. Okay, well, this is there's a lot of direct connections between that world and this world. And Ready Player One is a world where people put on their VR headsets, inhabit an avatar, and exist in this digital world. And the digital world is this shiny, glitzy, glammy place that you can do anything and be anyone. And the real world is much more somber and so a little dystopian. But there's a couple of things that you say there. One that I want to answer your question are people excited? Will it get traction? I think there are people who are excited. And maybe just as many people who are really horrified uh, at the idea. And so, which I think brings up the second point, some of which we're talking about now is, so Meta is the company. The Metaverse is the set of virtual spaces where people can create and explore with other people who aren't in the same physical space as them. Now, that's according to Facebook before they made the Meta transfer. So Meta is the new parent company of Facebook, and underneath Meta is Facebook, is Messenger, Instagram, WhatsApp, and Oculus. And so the Metaverse itself, I think if people are, if it comes to fruition like they're talking about, it's where people will be able to wear their VR headsets or or AR headsets and immerse themselves in the places they are or that they want to visit. And they can interact with other avatars who kind of just pop into their their field of vision or explore a new city or look at a building or a restaurant and see the Yelp review. And going back to your question, are people ready? I think they're maybe more ready than even we might anticipate, especially if you think of the internet of things or which was later turned into the internet of everything. Are you familiar with those terms? Yeah, yes, I am. And 
it's interesting that you bring that up because what I understand Meta will do is run on its own hardware, right? So no company will be able to tell it what to do anymore. And I think that's an interesting perspective on all of this, right? So I wonder if the rebrand has more to do with being able to be its own entity now, right? So like Facebook has to rely on Chrome, Safari, has to rely on the interwebs. It has to rely on Apple to some extent. And there's been some tussle between Apple and Facebook in the past. And now it's looking to be its own entity where it literally is going to run on its own hardware as well, which I find that to be fascinating. See, now that's news to me. So we're saying that Meta, the organization that parents Facebook and all these other things, they're going to create their own like operating system to have stuff running on it. That is the intention. Yeah, okay. See, now yep. the plot thickens. So the, the doomsayers are like, see, yep. I tell you. It makes me think of, I had a question I was doing this. I'm like, yeah, you know, we talk about brand and reputation at the center. And I think we've talked about it on the podcast where brand is what you want to be known for. And reputation is what you are known for. Mm. And Facebook is known for a lot of things. Frankly, I thought you were going to say something different when I asked what are the three words that come to mind when I think about Facebook, because for me, one of the first one is old, uh, out of touch are some of them. That's like one inside the three archaic. And so I, Facebook seemed to be such like this old thing. The kids and I joke about it all the time. Like none of the kids and their friends are on Facebook. I mean, they're on TikTok, as you know, Allison. Yes. Uh, that's how you reach audiences, right? Or or the gram or something like that. So I think, okay, well, they rebrand. And I think anyone who grew up with Facebook who was kind of looking at it, they might be, oh, no, is my favorite brand changing? And then people who didn't grow up with it might be looking at it like, yeah, right, whatever, Meta, we get it, you're Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> And so it's kind of like, does it matter if you transform or embrace change if no one cares or if no one believes that anything's going to be different? Facebook, I think, is needing to reach a younger consumer. I think you're right about that. And TikTok now is one of their competitors, right? So what's also interesting is that Mark Zuckerberg got a brand ambassador. I don't know if you heard about this, but one of Meta's brand ambassadors now is one of the biggest TikTok stars who has over 200 million followers. He makes money now. That's how it's his job, right? So Zuckerberg has enrolled this younger generation ambassador to be the face of this movement. It really does feel like a movement. However, that has not caught traction. I did not know that. Did you, had you heard about that? No, I'm like, what's this kid's name? Let's give him a, a bump. The, the famed lead with I that bump. Am I terrible that I don't, I'll find it by the time we're done. All right, see, I'll find it. Don't, don't judge us, audience. We're, as, a, as evidenced by our, our bump, we can't even name the people that we're trying to highlight. I love it. I love it. Well, no, that's what I mean. I didn't hear about it. So again, because it's Facebook, right? It's meta. I kind of shrug my shoulders at all of this, even if they pander to me with this new TikTok star. So I wonder how long it'll take for this brand to be adopted, especially when from the outside, it seems like Facebook changed its name from mm. the inside. It's really this idea that Facebook is one of the applications that this larger cultural changing system idea company is a part of. And so when they think about their brand that they're trying to inhabit this idea of that connectedness, this this virtual experience. But then when I think about the Facebook whistleblower and the echo chambers that existed to propel 
capitalist gains versus societal harmony. I'm like, I don't know. Do I want a, a VR world that allows me to thumbs up my favorite dissenting figures that are polarizing the world or, or look at even more realistic and violent things? I, I mean, now this is a slippery slope for me, but curious around what they can do to overcome that perspective. Yes. So when you asked me that question, what are the three words? I mean, as you already saw, there were more than three words that came to mind. And I also thought about the whistleblower case, right? Like it's not uncommon for companies to rebrand when they are in amidst a uh, bit of a crisis. And so I, part of me wonders about the timing. And I also think about I, what immediately came to mind as well is the movie Wally. Have you ever seen the movie Wally? Uh, I have. I, I'm excited to hear what <laughs> comparison. I love that movie. So Wally, if you haven't seen it, is a children's movie. And I used to watch it a lot when I was in my early 20s. I used to babysit for these two boys and we used to love watching Wally together. And we stopped watching it because one of the boys who was probably five or six at the time, he kept getting so upset to the point where he couldn't watch it anymore. And he kept saying like, where are all of the people? I don't, I don't understand. And if you haven't seen the movie, all of the people on earth are gathered up on a spaceship type looking mm -hmm. unit. And they're entertaining themselves in a virtual type of kind of simulation because they had essentially ruined planet earth and made it unlivable. And so robots are taking over earth, trying to find something that will grow. Okay, all of that to say, I don't think that Zuckerberg is going to replicate Wally. -E. However, I mean, I wonder if the world is ready to normalize virtual reality in the way that I think he's alluding to. He did say that he sees this playing out, I already mentioned this, in the work world, in family spaces, friendship, social spaces. I don't know about you, Ren, but I would much rather see you in person than see you in a virtual space. I would much rather see my friends and my family in person and at a last resort, if it's my only option, sure, I'm going to Zoom call them, right? But I'm just not sure if this is what the people want, so to speak. It might be what some people want. Well, let me press you a little bit here. Let's say we couldn't see each other in person, but we had the capability, you and I, to actually go for a walk together. All we had to do were put on glasses that look just like yours right now, and we could walk down the street together, and you turn to your right, I'd be there. I'd turn to my left, you'd be there. And we'd be walking down our own individual streets, but we would be together. Does that sound like something you'd be interested in? So I'd be lying to you if I would say I wouldn't try it. I would try it, and I don't think I would like it. I really don't. If I'm going to take a walk, and we can't see each other, but maybe I can call you or something, I want to see the actual world around me. I don't want to detach from reality. I don't want to. I would call you or FaceTime you and be like, look at this cute house. I feel like it's the same thing. If you FaceTime me, you've got your phone held up in front of me so I can see you and you can see me, right? It's not virtual reality, though. You're seeing what I'm seeing. But this, ver <laughs> no, I, this one would be more like an augmented reality where you and I would be walking and you would have your glasses and you'd be seeing the world in front of you. And then to your left, when you panned your head, would be a projection of me. So you wouldn't be walking in your home. You wouldn't be walking blindly down the street. You'd be walking down the street seeing everything that your street has to offer, except I would be an added projection. Have you ever played Pokemon Go? No, but that sure blew up, didn't it? I played it with a, I played yes. it with the kids once, but I've never been like chosen to play it for myself. 
<laughs> That's right. So for anyone who's curious, like, what's the difference between virtual reality and augmented reality? So what I'm talking about is an augmented reality where you, you'll you see augmented reality apps, any kind of filter on Snapchat or Messenger. That's an example of augmented reality where your camera, the lens shows on you or something around you and it shifts the what sees. Like my mom, one of my favorite pictures of my mother was she was wearing a turkey hat on <laughs> Uh, Thanksgiving. It was an augmented Snapchat thing and Turkey wiggled and wobbled on top of her head. It was like a digital asset that was projected onto her. So Pokemon Go was like that. You'd have your camera up, it'd be looking at the world, and then you'd go pointed at your, like a, a swing set. And on the swing set would be this Pokemon over there or this small little animal you could capture. So that'd be the, sort of the same idea here that I'm suggesting. So I, I would say, and maybe we shouldn't think about other people. Are they ready? We should talk about, are you and I ready for a world that's full of virtual meta connection and augmented reality and if not what's in the way so i get the sense that you don't think people are ready or maybe you aren't interested why and maybe what are the implications of that on a brand shift such as this so is the question why i'm not interested yeah that's part one of the question yeah. I, I double barreled you and i shouldn't okay. have, but yes first part uh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, first part, why are you disinterested if you are? Because I like I like seeing people in their normal, <laughs> natural state. I don't I don't mean to sound flippant like I'm being serious there. And there's research behind this, too. There's research around there are health benefits to being in person with people. Right. Like we've seen the pandemic. Right. Has cost people that luxury. And um it's a human, it's a basic need. I don't want to have augmented reality. I want to have reality. I like it. I like it here, Ren. <laughs> you, no one's, but no one's keeping you from the reality. They're just augmenting Right, it. but why I'm saying, let's say it trickles into the workspace, right? And yep. you and uh -huh. I don't live in the same space, but why, what is the benefit to me to choosing to be in the metaverse with you versus on a Teams call? I can see you right now what's the, what is the difference why would there be a benefit well i think that raises a lot of interesting questions and i don't entirely know if i have an answer to that i could argue that if there was a conference room that we could all walk to we could go there and we could put our goggles on and we could feel like we were in the same room even though we weren't so you might have me there now i'm trying to think of other reasons why you might want to interact with someone like that, like my going for a walk example, another way to stay connected. But I could imagine if you were in more of a virtual or augmented set where I needed access to a file or document and maybe I was able to connect to that in a more seamless way, which Meta might try to do, sort of like the internet of everything enabled us to do. If I wanted to see how many calories I burn, I can go to a website. And so maybe now if I want to see what's on your outbox <laughs> pile, I could put on my glasses and look at that. I don't know. Do people still have outbox piles? No, I don't even know what, that, what you mean by that. But again, <laughs> how is that different, though? You could go to the O drive right now and do the same thing. Yeah, but it takes forever. No, it does Okay, not. so fine. Then you've got me there, then. <laughs> I mean, I'll give you that one. I wonder if... So you just don't see the value in it is why you're not on board. So that, and I don't know what it is. I cannot conceptualize it. That doesn't mean that I won't be on board. However, Zuckerberg has been clear about this. Like, it's a work in progress right now. You already said it. They've committed 10 million or 10 
billion maybe dollars alone already to it. So it's coming and we don't know what it is. Have you seen the commercials? Have you, or did you see his 90 minute speech about it? I have kids. I haven't seen 90 minutes of anything. Fair enough. Uh, Except for a Disney movie. That's not true. They watch cooler things, but I have seen some of it and I've seen him getting, um, getting raked on the internet. So (laughs) yes. So, I mean, it's not like Nike's coming out with a new shoe and I can conceptualize that, right? Like this is metaverse. Okay, what is that? All I know is that it was based on a book called Snow Crash, which is a sci-fi book. And I know what he's said about it. And I've seen the commercial where there's some teenagers in an art gallery and they're looking at the painting. And then all of a sudden the painting, they sort of become within the painting. And sure, that sounds fun, but it's no different to me than playing a video game, which is not, that's not where my interests lie. I feel like I could see you standing on your lawn and your fist in the air, shaking it like, get off. Don't, don't you say it. Don't, I am not a get off my lawn kind of person. I feel like I'm hearing you say the internet is a series of tubes. (laughs) Like I'm talking to Orrin Hatch. No, I just, Um, I just don't know what it is. It's a product that is coming that I don't know what it is. So. Well, I think that's really interesting too, because that was something I was reading around this idea, much like you said with Facebook, where like Meta exists without yet the product or an ecosystem that it needs, really. And so, you know, I dabble here and there in cryptocurrency. And if any of you are listening who are really interested, you've probably been hearing the trends that crypto gaming is the next frontier. And it's really deeply embedded in the metaverse. All of these ways for you to actually do real pay for win, you buy digital assets. Someone just sold a piece of digital land in a game for $2.38 million. So we're not talking about small things. These things have these interesting pieces of value like NFTs do Mm -hmm. now in certain pockets. But all of this is so fledgling, so new. So many of these games, even in cryptocurrency, aren't even built yet. They're still in alpha stages. And so Meta exists without really yet a metaverse for it to exist in as it sees itself as its ideal existence. For me, I think the biggest advantage it has for the brand reputation conversation for helping people continue to embrace change or transformation is it's really, I think it's closer to you than you think it is. You know, I asked you about the Internet of Things or the Internet of Everything. So are you an an, an Apple or a, a a PC user or Apple or Android? Um, I'm an Apple. Do you mean my phone? Are you talking about my phone? Yeah. As if that's not too much of a problem. Yeah. Like your phone, I have an iPhone. Yeah. I have an iPhone. Okay. iPhone. And right. So Apple long has done this integrated experience where what you save on your computer, you save on your phone, your iCloud. And so too does Google, right? My Google Chrome, when I sign in on Google on all my Android devices, it's as if I'm using my a desktop Chrome and, and vice versa. So it's got all my Google drives. It's all synced up together, which could be synced up to uh, my food ordering accounts, my Grubhub, um, my Zoom. All of this stuff is already woven together. For me, the only difference is that I don't have goggles that I put on to interact with it. So for me, the metaverse and then to meta, the value it brings is the value that a designed ecosystem like the cloud or like Android and Alexa, how those all sync and work together and in like smart homes, that seems like uh, just meta now. Sure. I mean, perhaps, right? I, I, again, I, I don't know that it's going to engulf people in the way that 
you might be saying. I think a lot of people will really like it. Do I think it's going to be the way of the world? No, I don't. But I don't know, right? Like, I don't know. But one perspective I have on this, though, is that I think it's a bold move and I think it's a strategic move to announce a rebrand along with a product, I'm air quoting, because it is a product in some respect, while allowing Mm -hmm. for his customers to adjust to the idea. So by the time that product launches, the public will have been expecting it. It's a bold move. And to make a strong claim that you're the leader in connection via virtual reality without even doing it yet, I, I like it. And in terms of branding, right, we talk about this at CCL too, like you have to know what you want your brand to be before you try to create one for yourself. And it's the same for companies. So mm. all of us, and again, like his ideas aren't new either. These are not new ideas. However, Zuckerberg and his company are claiming them boldly as theirs so that they can start to be consistent in being that by the time the product unveils. I love that frame because that's the root of what we talk about brand and reputation, brand being aspirational. And so a big part of being able to articulate and aim towards a brand is really highlighting and targeting what you want it to become. And so I do think that the transition for Meta is a chance for a warmer launch when the metaverse comes knocking at our doors. We'll be a little bit more familiar with this this infinity loop, as their new logo suggests, of all these interwoven and connected ideas. I think just the same way that people in Facebook have known about this, I guess the meta name changes have been happening for six months in clandestine corners behind closed doors with ironclad NDAs and all of these things. (laughs) I know it's very woo woo. But so I imagine they had to do some of the same kind of cultural shift and recalibration internally. And so whether or not we agree or see the value in the metaverse or in meta, I think as one aims to lead change or transformation, it might help to A, quantify and qualify what the new transformation looks like, and then B, really own it and say it to the world, like, this is what we're going to do. I mean, talk about public accountability. I mean, we'll find out one way or another. I promise you, we will find out. If you think about it strictly from a marketing perspective, and strictly from that alone, they do need new guest acquisition. They need new client acquisition. It's the right time to rebrand. They're also in the midst of a bit of a crisis. So strategically, I'm not sure if this is part of it, I don't know, but um, they could perhaps use some deflection. And I love what you just said because I was listening to a podcast in which Zuckerberg was interviewed. I listened to it this morning and he was asked, how do you communicate something so big like this and ensure that the, the company is aligned, ensure that people stay on track? And what he said, his exact words sounded a little bit familiar to me, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if it sounds familiar to you as well. He said, we do this by, and I'm quoting him here, we do this by setting priorities and principles, communicating clearly internally and then externally, and then we also need commitment. And then he said, when we say it externally, This states a level of commitment that is our stake in the ground. We're committing to the public as well. And that's how you let everyone, including your company, know how committed you are. Does that sound familiar to you, those three steps? It sounds like those are outcomes of effective leadership. That does sound a little interesting around maybe a little direction and some alignment. And then 
some larger commitment. Is mm-hmm. that what we're? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I thought you were going to tell me he sounded like beep boop beep bop. <laughs> no, um, a little bit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that is that is curious, or maybe not curious, but funny. And I mean, well, do you agree? Despite where we know it's it's founding, what do you think about that? Well, yeah, I mean, he look like Zuckerberg and the company also have a very solid financial cushion and he has not disappointed stakeholders. So his stakeholders are, I'm sure, very happy to be moving forward with him because of his consistency, right, which is part of branding as well. But when you set direction and you have alignment on how you're going to get there within the company and then you commit to it. Those are essentially what we talk about here at the center of the outcomes of effective leadership. And so I thought that was an interesting parallel. And I do love his bold statement about if we commit to the public, then everybody knows what we're doing and we're doing it. It's happening. We're doing it. Yeah. For me, that really is my major takeaway from all of this is when we think about our branding or that piece of it, it's some of it is like, tell your story and keep telling your story. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're telling the narrative, someone else is. So you better get your hand in there and be weaving that tail. And and I think how we create some alignment around that with some clear direction and then doubling down on the commitment is that idea of just make sure you know where you're going. And also make sure that you know what your reputation is because you could sing your praises all the way to uh, the river and back i don't know what i'm saying you could sing your praises all day and it wouldn't matter if people think one thing about you so it's keep telling your story and then make sure that as you're telling your story you're doing actions and behaviors that align with the aspirational brand that you have and make sure that your reputation and your brand are closer together yeah consistency yeah, I think for me, well, and first, as as I promised, I would find that TikTok handle before oh, we were wrapped right. here. And this gentleman's name is Kabi Lame, L-A-M-E, and he is uh, he's a comedian. He has over 200 million followers. He's the second hmm. highest account on TikTok, and that is who Zuckerberg pulled in to be the ambassador, so to speak. So check out his TikTok. And bringing it back to organizational takeaways, though, I, you know, it always makes me think of the people within organizations who are visionaries, the ones who are ideators, the ones who come to your meetings and say, what if we did this? And most people are going, what? You know, those people who sort of do have their finger on the pulse of what's coming. I think to those leaders within an organization who are listening, if that is you, and you do want to get buy-in on your ideas a little bit faster, I think you can focus on that getting clarity around the direction. This is specifically what I want to do. This is specifically how we'll, we'll get there. And I'm committed. Are you on board with me? So there are certain steps, right, into selling your ideas that do come along with, you know, your reputation and your brand. Uh, but I do think when you have those types of people in the organization, sometimes they can become stifled if the organization isn't ready for new ideas. So I guess I'll leave us with that. If you are the visionary in your company, see if you can simplify your ideas and create those three pathways so people can have a better idea of how you're going to direct the company towards that vision. And try to get people to stop yelling at you for being on their lawn. You can you can be on my lawn anytime. Thanks. Anytime. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> I appreciate you. And I appreciate my- this today. That uh, 
I feel like we could talk about meta and Mark and all those things um, a lot more, but this was fun. Yeah, this was fun. So thanks for the conversation, Ren. And thank you always to Ryan and the CCL marketing team for making our podcast happen. And as always, you can find our show notes and links to all of our podcast episodes on ccl.org. You can also find us on LinkedIn or the TikTok world. For me, at least, I don't think Ren's on there, but we do look forward to catching you next time. Thanks, folks. Thanks a bunch, everybody. See you next time.